In this devotional, I'm going to share with you three thoughts from Joshua chapter 11, verses 16 through 20, where I'll ask the question, how did Joshua conquer Canaan? Joshua 11, verses 16 through 20 says, So Joshua took all that land, the hill country, and all the Negev, and all the land of Goshen, and the lowland, and the Arabah, and the hill country of Israel and its lowland, from Mount Halak, which rises towards Seir, as far as Baal Gad, in the valley of Lebanon below Mount Hermon. And he captured all their kings and struck them and put them to death. Joshua made war for a long time with all those kings. There was not a city that made peace with the people of Israel, except the Hivites, the inhabitants of Gibeon. They took them all in battle, for it was the Lord's doing to harden their hearts that they should come against Israel in battle, in order that they should be devoted to destruction and should receive no mercy but be destroyed, just as the Lord commanded Moses. Joshua and the people of Israel were victorious in going into the promised land and conquering all of the Canaanites. And as they went, what they discovered is that as long as they were obedient to the Lord, as long as they were faithful, as long as they did what he commanded and sought out his wisdom in attacking their enemies, he gave them the battle. He gave them the war because the Lord was using Israel to enact his judgment upon the people there. You see, the Lord, he works out his purposes precisely as he intends. And one of the promises that he had given to Abraham was that his descendants would have this land. But another one of the things that the Lord does is punish wickedness. And he is using the people of Israel to punish the Canaanites while at the same time fulfilling his promise to Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. With this idea in mind, here are three thoughts from Joshua chapter 11, verses 16 through 20, answering the question, how did Joshua conquer Canaan? Thought number one, obedience. Joshua conquered Canaan because he was obedient. The Lord had told him to go in there and to defeat all of these people, and that's precisely what he did. Now, was he fooled with the Gibeonites? Yes, he was fooled by those people. And those people he did not destroy because he made a covenant agreement with them. But all of these other people groups, what does he do? He devotes them to destruction because the Lord had told him, all of these people you are to devote to destruction. So he was obedient to the Lord. And as he was obedient, the Lord gave all of his enemies into his hand. You see, if you would take hold of the promises of God, you must be obedient to him. And as you're obedient to God, then God delivers on his covenant promises and does so in spectacular fashion. Thought number two, consistency. You see, Joshua, when he goes into the promised land, it isn't just march around the city of Jericho and then everything just automatically falls into your hands. That isn't the case at all, as we learn with his interaction with Ai. Instead, what happens is that he must consistently be obedient and consistently drive out the Canaanites before him. And this is a process that takes years. It takes a really long time for Joshua to receive this great promise from God. It takes a really long time for the fulfillment to ultimately come. It isn't just a one and done sort of scenario, but Joshua must consistently be obedient and consistently be on the attack of these people that the Lord has marked out for destruction before the land is given into his hand. Oftentimes we want to just rush in and take hold of the promises of God without displaying any consistency on our own behalf. Oftentimes we want to just automatically have everything given to us immediately 
and our technological age hasn't really helped us in this regard. It's made us worse. We expect everything given to us right now, immediately, but it's because Joshua was obedient and obedient consistently that he and the people of Israel were successful in driving the Canaanites out before him. And we need to learn from that. Learn that in being consistently obedient to God, he delivers his promises to us. Thought number three, providence. Don't neglect the fact that God is providentially working in the hearts of all of these people to accomplish his purposes. He's working even in the hearts of the wicked people, the Canaanites, that he is punishing. What does he do? He hardens their hearts against Israel, and he causes them to go out against Israel into battle. Even though Israel's track record is absolutely amazing, still these Canaanite kings go and attack the people of Israel. And what happens when they attack? The Lord delivers them into Israel's hand. You see, God hardens the heart of Pharaoh. He hardens the heart of the Canaanites, and he does so to accomplish his purposes providentially in the world. What are his purposes? The punishments of the Canaanites, the revelation of his wrath against ungodliness, but also the accomplishment of his promise to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, delivering this great land flowing with milk and honey to his covenant people. You see, God is providentially working out his purposes in all things. And as we come to realize that more and more, we see the beauty of God's plan. We see the wonder of his purposes being accomplished in the world. And we start to recognize that our place in this world is to glorify him and to enjoy him forever. These three thoughts come from the assigned reading of Joshua chapters 11 through 15. If you'd like to read through the Bible with me, you can do so by subscribing to this channel by clicking on the link in the description, or by joining the Facebook group Through the Bible, where we are reading the text of Scripture together.